This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello, my name is Paul Wheelock and welcome to your latest spin-off podcast to our main Royal Blue show. If Evertonians could see the defeat to West Ham coming a mile off and the loss to Arsenal a grim inevitability despite an improved performance at the Emirates, then surely hope should be higher for this weekend's visit of Fulham. The Cottagers have lost their last 11 trips to Goodison and have never won in the league at the home of the Blues. But are last season's Championship playoff winners confident of ending that record on Saturday? To find out, I spoke to Ryan O'Donovan, who covers Fulham for the Football.London website. He gives an insight into how the Cottagers are shaping up for the trip to Merseyside, the players Everton will have to be wary of, and much more else besides. Our Everton FC correspondent Phil Kirkbride will be back before the game with the Royal Blue podcast. You'll also hear from Phil after the match in our new post-game show. In the meantime, if you get the chance to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast we produce under the Royal Blue banner, that'd be great, as it'll help us reach even more Evertonians. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi Ryan, thanks very much for joining me on this podcast. I hope you're well and looking forward to the trip to Goodison. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've never been to Goodison Park before, so you know, good old-fashioned ground in the Premier League. I'm really looking forward to it. Good stuff. And Fulham will arrive on their side on the back of one win, two draws and three defeats since being promoted to the Premier League. Uh, just one point less than what Everton have achieved themselves. So how's the, the start being viewed down there? Yeah, it's been a decent start, I suppose, for any Premier League side coming up against the likes of Tottenham and Manchester City in their first six games. It's always going to be a bit difficult, especially when they've had 12 new players coming over the summer and Savica Djukanovic has had to rebuild his back four because most of the, the team last year have left either permanently or loan. So it's been a decent start in that sense. They're still getting to know one another a bit, but you can see at the times where it does click that Fulham look very, very good and that they're going to take points off a fair few teams in the Premier League. You look at the, the win against Burnley where their attacking threat was immense and Burnley just didn't know how to live with it. And there's a 25-minute spell against Spurs where they actually dominated the game at Wembley. So all in all, I think it's been quite a positive start, uh, start but there's still room to kick on, I think. You mentioned that Fulham have played Tottenham and City, but you also mentioned the other games they played that they've won and took points from. Have you noticed much of a step up between the Championship and the Premier League so far? Yeah, I think in every game they've played, you can see the difference between last season and this season, even you know, Crystal Palace and, and Watford, even those games. I know Watford are doing very well at the moment, but those kind of teams, even there's, there's just a in class between the Championship and the Premier League. Everyone's so much better prepared. They're all comfortable on the ball and everyone's got threats where they can hurt you. So the step-up's been massive. But I think Fulham have coped pretty well with it. Yes, and from what I've seen, you'll obviously know better. It doesn't look like the change in the style of play. They were really easy on the eye last season and, and all the time that they've uh, they've had Slavisa Jukanovic in charge. Are they, are they going at teams still and trying to play? Yeah, absolutely the same way. Jukanovic always says that it's better for his side to go and play their football than try and settle for a 1-0 and, and defend. So they've gone out and attacked everyone. They've tried to attack City. It didn't quite work conceding that goal within a minute, but for that first 60 seconds, they played out of the press really well. So, yeah, they haven't sat back at all. They've gone and attacked teams. I think it's showing. I think they've got the second, they've conceded the second most amount of goals in the Premier League this season. So, there's still a bit of an iffy side on the fence. But going forward, you know, Mitrovic is top goal scorer. That front three look frightening at times. And then once Kearney comes back from injury, him pulling the strings, they look very good going forward. So, yeah, they've stuck to their principles, and I think it's probably the best thing they could do. You talked about Mitrovic then, 
joint top scorer in the Premier League with Eden Hazard. Uh, he was a bit of a Newcastle reject. reject. I don't think that was particularly his fault. I just don't think Benitez fancied him, but he's become integral to this Fulham team, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Since he signed on loan last season, he's been come back the linchpin for him. Fulham before that, they played their last football, but they didn't really have any vocal point to go to. They didn't have anyone to stick the ball to, hope it sticks, and then play from there. But since he's come in, he's been that man. You know, he's big, he's physical, he likes to play with his back at goal, and then once he brings Fulham's more creative players into it, he gets into the box and gets on to the end of it. So he's been so important for, for Fulham, and he's in, in Jukanovic, he seems to have found a mentor, he seems to have found someone that trusts him, and he trusts him, so, but that kind of Mitrovic we saw at Newcastle, you know, a bit of a hot-headed lad that likes to have a go and get sent off. We haven't seen that at Fulham. I think he's only had a couple of yellow cards in his entire time here, which for Alexander Mitrovic is a bit ridiculous. So, I think he's found a home at Fulham, and those five goals already just, just prove how good, how integral he is to this Fulham side. Obviously made him a permanent addition in the summer, but another, talk about another of the signings, if that's okay, uh, Jean-Michel and Sadi. When, when he signed for Fulham, it, it raised a lot of eyebrows, given the clubs he's, he'd been linked with previously in this country and abroad. How's, how's he getting on? It, yeah, he, you can see his quality straight away. He's been absolutely brilliant. He, I think he's probably been one of the best players for me that Fulham have this season. I know he doesn't score as many goals as Mitrovic or you know, get as many assists as perhaps Luciano Vieto does, but in that midfield, he's got everything. He's a ball winner. He likes to sit in front of the back four and mops up, and then he can pick a pass out. And you can see just exactly why he nearly signed for Barcelona and why he was linked with Chelsea, because all round, he's just an outstanding player. And, you know, I think if Fulham managed to keep hold of him past this season, then they'll, they'll be lucky. Yeah, I suppose the same could be said about Ryan Sessegnon, a player I'm certainly looking forward to, to, to seeing for the first time live tomorrow. How's he cope with that step up to the Premier League like his teammates? <laughs> Yeah, it's been a bigger step up for Ryan Sesson. Obviously, he got all those goals last season. He was outstanding in the championship. I think he has somewhat struggled to, to make the step up so far. Obviously, he's coming playing left wing. He's coming up against really talented, experienced Premier League defenders. And it's taken him a bit of time to get used to it. Jukanovic has actually used him more as a left-back this season, which I think is where he sees his future going forward from here. It will be as like a left-back, left-wing-back in in, in, in time but he's done fairly well he did very well at City at left back actually defending against Raheem Sterling he had some some bits there where he had Sterling in his back pocket but then at times Sterling rinsed him so it's 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 been a step up that's for sure with, with Sessegnon it's not been the same Sessegnon that we saw last season but I think everyone's got to remember he's an 18 year old kid you know it's only he only signed a professional deal last summer which it's crazy when you think about it. He seems like he's been around forever. Yeah. So I think as the, as the, as the season progresses, we're going to see Ryan Sessegnon get more to grips with with how the Premier League plays, and I think he's going to do just fine in it. Just a word on the manager, Jukanovic. Uh, I think personally, he goes under the radar a little bit. He obviously got Watford promoted as well before he left them. He's got Fulham promoted. He's had success uh, abroad, hasn't he, in his homeland? How good is he? You know, you you deal with him up close. You know, how good a manager is he? I think he's very good. The style that Watford had and the style that Fulham had were completely contrasting styles. He played more of a, a physical side at Watford and then he's come to Fulham and he's implemented a more playing, uh, easy-on-the-eye playing style. So I think it shows that with Jukanovic, he hasn't just got everything in one basket. You know, he's not just this manager that gets teams to play nice football and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. He's got the ability to put different styles on different teams and suit the players to the style of play. And I think, as you say, you've got, you've got Watford promoted he got Fulham promoted. He's got Fulham playing really good football in the Premier League, and I think they're gonna. I think they'll finish mid-table this season still, even though at the moment they've only won the one game. So I think he does go under the radar quite a bit. You know, 
last season there was a, a few links with him going off to Spain. I think that will be his ambition eventually, would to be man, to be managing a, a club in La Liga. But yeah, he goes under the radar completely. You know, it's he's a very good manager. The players love him, and he he comes across in the media as this quite like. I wouldn't say angry, but yeah. he's not a very happy person. Like, he's like but brooding, isn't he, a little bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. But on the training ground, he's completely different. He's, he's laughing, jo- laughing and joking with the players. And I think the players feel that he's quite a personal head coach and one that they can go to. So it, all in, it, it works for Fulham. Definitely. And what have you made of Everton? I've got to ask you that. You know, the team who Fulham are going to be taking on tomorrow. What have you made of their start? And, and what do you think they may be able to do this season? Yeah, I, I, I thought Everton would do quite well this season. So I'm surprised that they haven't started... As good as I have, I think missing Richarlison for those three games was massive for him. He started off brilliantly. I think he's going to be a very good player for him. So I'm quite surprised to see them only a point ahead of Fulham at the moment. But I do think, you know, once the team starts clicking a bit more with, you know, Phil Walcott looks very good and now Richarlison's back, I do think they're going to start to, to climb up the table a little bit more. And, you know, Fulham, I don't think Fulham have ever won at Christian Park in the Premier League. And I, I don't think that's going to change tomorrow. Yeah, you, you actually think Everton could come away with a points on Saturday? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think Everton will come away with it. I think Fulham away from home this early in the season, still trying to get a defence sorted and having to deal with likes of Theo Walker, I do think you know they might struggle a little bit on Saturday. Do you see goals? You, you mentioned that Fulham conceded 13, the second most, uh, the second highest in the Premier League. Everton have conceded 11 themselves. Do you think we're going to have an open game? Yeah, I think so, definitely. The way Fulham plays always opens itself to an open game. And he said with Everton conceding goals, this Fulham side, their attack is very, very good. So if they come up against a defence that aren't quite sure of themselves, they are going to exploit it and they are going to go, uh, score goals against it. So I do think we could be in for, for quite a cracking game, one that might actually be higher up a match of the day on Saturday night. Yeah, here's hoping, here's hoping, mate. Ryan, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, we'll catch up again for the reverse game at Craven Cottage, if that's all right. Brilliant. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.